ghost stories Do all sorts of ghostly things Talk local legends And some ghost hunting Welcome, folks, to another episode of Who's Ghost Stories. As always, I am your beautiful host, Andrew Huzar, Reiki master and medium from Huzar Reiki and Readings. With me is the ever-gorgeous cryptid expert, Professor Alex Wheaton. And then we have the very manly, very fine-looking, everyday normal guy, Tyler. Wow. We've got a good episode for you today. They're all good. Who are we kidding? Mm-hmm. Um, we produce quality. We do produce quality, and we also produce quality garments. So go ahead. Good <laughs> That was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. off the cuff there. Buy yourself some awesome shirts. We're always designing new ones. Feel free. Even get a hat. I have nice little Who's Our Reiki and Readings hats she got there. You can even get a hat like Tyler. It's not the exact same because he's not wearing one of our hats. It's just the same shape as our hats is what it is. You if know? we get enough interest in the Mold Man shirt or logo design we'll make it we will make a green mold man hat just for you um but yeah check us out paranormality magazine voted us top 10 before do it again go subscribe get a subscription to them um also if you fancy yourself a writer they do accept article submissions Hmm. for their website and magazine so if you like anything we talk about and it gets your wheels a turn into some cool uh legends and stuff feel free to shoot them an article uh that's nowhere sponsored that just came out of nowhere um but i think we're ready to dive into this story which is another one i just learned about today's story is one you wouldn't be surprised to see on unsolved mysteries you also wouldn't be surprised if someone told you it was a tragedy written for broadway the history strikes multiple tones as it goes from a heartbreaking romance to gruesome mystery. Of course, we wouldn't be talking about it if it didn't take a ghostly turn at some point. We're talking about the ghost of Betty Knox in Dunbar, Pennsylvania. We take a trip backwards in time to 1842 on a small farm at Kentuck Knob on the ridges of the Dunbar Mountains, when Betty Knox was born. Now, the mountain folk were hardy, but there weren't many of them. As such, they didn't have very skilled doctors in the mountains. 
Betty lost her mother when she was just three years old to consumption. Betty's father did his best to raise her, but she didn't have the traditional childhood of a girl. She was taught how to farm and would grow up to take to take up much of the heavier and harder tasks of the farm. The lifestyle led to her becoming a very strong woman, but she was also incredibly beautiful. All of the men in the area chased after her, but she resisted all of their advances, waiting for someone that she truly loved. Betty helped her father run the farm, plowing the fields, raising livestock, planting, clearing the land, and even doing all of the housework. That is until her 17th birthday, when her father was killed in a freak timber cutting accident. Betty had no other family. She was all alone now. But farming had become her life, and she refused to leave her family's home. She continued to do her normal work, but she had to take up second jobs to help raise some extra money. She would hook her ox up to her wagon and haul grain across the mountains to a grist mill in Ferguson Hollow. Later that night, she would return with and deliver flour to the farmers. The trip was about 25 miles long, and took up her entire day. She used the trail, the same trail so often that part of it can still be seen today, and Betty Knox Park exists on a piece of land she frequently traveled across. This was her life day in and day out until one fall evening in 1862. While returning from the gristmill, Betty met the love of her life. She came upon a wounded soldier a supposed deserter of the Union Army. They decided to take him back to her farm and care for him. Desertion was a serious crime, so she was careful to hide him away from any visitors. The soldiers stayed with Betty for over a year, and during that time they developed strong feelings for one another. However, he would never fully recover from his wounds. The harsh mountain water didn't help, any, didn't help either, and he ended up passing away. Betty buried her young love near her father's grave. Betty began making her daily trips across the mountains again. She became well-known amongst all the farmers in the area and won over their respect with her work ethic, but, but she kept her distance when it came to getting personal. However, sometime in 1878, her daily trips came to, mysteri to a mysterious halt. The, lo the local farmers noticed their grain wasn't being picked up, so they thought she had gotten sick. A small posse went to her farm, to check on her, but she was nowhere to be found. Betty Knox had disappeared without a trace. A search party was then sent into the woods to search along her usual path. However, no clues turned up. The locals started speculating that she was the victim of a wild animal attack, or perhaps she left out, out of loneliness. But the mystery rose back to the surface again the following spring, when some children went playing in the woods and stumbled on a terrifying discovery. Chained to a tree was the skeleton of an ox. What's weird is that the same spot was searched months prior, and there was no skeleton. They believed they found Betty's ox, but stranger yet was the chain. Betty had never used a chain to lead her ox. Betty Knox was never found alive or dead. Her body nor her wagon were ever found, only the bones of her beloved ox. To this day, the case remains unsolved, and locals in the area still talk about Betty. Even though Betty was never found, she still makes appearances. Legend has it that if you wander along Betty's path, that you'll see her too. 
sometimes walking and sometimes driving her wagon and ox. If Betty can't be seen, then you can almost always hear the creaking of an old wooden wagon with hooves clopping on the ground. Many people travel to Betty Knox Park hoping to interact with her spirit. However, that's not the only spirit that can be found there. People add that if you stand in the park quietly, you can hear a man whispering, Betty Knox, Betty Knox. People believe it's the ghost of the soldier also searching for Betty. The history surrounding Betty is tragic and a complete mystery. We'll never know what actually happened to her. Why was her ox's skeleton chained to the tree so many months later? How could such a strong, resourceful woman just disappear? Is her ghost restless, searching for her long-lost lover, or just merely walking the same path she always loved? For all we know, it could be a mix of all of them. So, like I said, I just found out about this story. But I think this is another really cool one, especially because there is so much history to it. Like, mm -hmm. it really does feel like something written for a book or a play. Um, like, a lot of the... And, like, the townsfolk down there around this area do love this story, too. So it's not, like, something that, like, they're ashamed of or anything. Like, it does get a lot of love and respect down there. So, like... It's cool that also, like, a town's kind of, like, rallied around it. But they also compare it to, like, uh, they say, like, it's Kentucky Knobs, Romeo, and Juliet because of the tragic lovers. Um, but, like, it's just, it's so cool to have that blend of, like, true crime. Like, oh, man, what did happen to Betty Knox with the ghost part of it in the end then? Um, another thing, I forgot to put it in, that still you can see is there was a stream that she would always rest by, and she was the first one to stack rocks around it to make easier drinking water. And apparently the original rocks that she placed, that path, is where the stream still flows to this day. So there's a lot of reminders of her existence from, like, the game trails she made, the parks they christened, and then, like, also the stream that she helped direct the flow so she could drink from it. It's all just really cool and then you get on top of it the mystery and the ghosts and it's <clears throat> I think it's just a multi-leveled multi story that just really makes it stick out um, so <clears throat> first thing I want to talk about is the ox so Betty was always known for her ox and <clears throat> when they searched they didn't find any remains of her or the ox or the wagon and then a few months later uh, remains of an ox are found chained to a tree. Um, Tyler, first instinct, do you think that was Betty's ox? Nah, I don't know. But how's a skeleton chain, though? You know what I mean? If it's a skeleton, then it's like... So that's what my first thought was, too, because I was like, this sounds like a Looney Tunes cartoon now. Is what I'm right. wondering is if... It was kind of like the decaying carcass of the ox. That would make more sense and some bones were peeking through. That makes more sense. Yeah, or like, it, yeah, is, that's kind of what I'm interpreting as, is there was like decaying yeah. remains and that's what they stumbled upon. Because um, if it was just bones, like you said, they wouldn't be able to be chained. It would just be like a pile of bones. Right. I don't... I mean, maybe... 
I mean, in rural Pennsylvania, right? This is in Pennsylvania as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, rural anywhere in the 1800s, like, I don't think she's the only one in town with an ox, you know? So, I don't know. That's a little, I'm a little skeptic on that part. And also, she went missing. I mean, it was 1878. She might have went to the store and got lost. Anything could have happened. We're not lost, but, you know, anything could have happened. Yeah, up in the mountains especially, like, there's... Yeah. Anything could have happened to her. Um, Yeah. Alex, same question to you. Do you think that was her ox, or any general thoughts you got to throw in? I want it to be her ox. (laughs) Um, So... Just a general issue with missing person cases, especially the further back you go. So many details are unfinished and unable to be found. I want there to be a happy ending here. (laughs) Um, I did, like you, Andrew, I did not know about this story before. Um, I don't know. I, I just want I want it to be a happy ending. I, I'm thinking my logic here, no matter what, is that you don't just chain up an ox. Right. You chain it up if you're making a temporary stop and that's your travel. Like, that's the animal that's traveling with you. If it was chained up that means that whoever owned it had to leave for something else and never got back. And so that thing starved. So depending on where in the woods, what ate her? Yeah. That's my bigger thought here with all this. And like, I think so to me, the ox remains is the weirdest part mm-hmm. because no yeah. part of the wagon is found near the ox. So if somebody, if like there were like brigands on the road and they like took her and stole her wagon, why after all these months did they bring a rotting ox carcass back out here? And right. then I was thinking like they could have, I guess, during their search missed the ox, if especially it was winter time. You know, maybe, like, they weren't able to get the specific area. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe it was there, and, like, now it's just rotting. But, like, it's just... That's such a... It's a weird yeah. piece. Like, everything... I don't want to say the whole thing makes sense, because, like you said, missing persons. A lot of details not there. Um, Like, just... How, how does the ox get thrown back into this all of a sudden, months later? Um, But, yeah, like, my first thoughts, too, were, like, a wild animal got it. And then it's like, all right, well, someone went from the wagon, so maybe somebody stole the wagon, or kidnapped her, took the wagon, and then there's the thing, maybe she did just up and leave. Like, I don't, I don't know, there's too many variables, because she kept her distance from the people. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to get to know them very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was just working right. all the time. Um, even if she didn't die on the trip, like, she could have overworked herself and wouldn't be stretch to something comes, you know, either then. I'm talking rural Pennsylvania. The mountains I already said in a previous episode, wouldn't surprise me if the portal to hell was open in rural PA. 
you know, at this time we still had probably mountain lions and stuff. So we still have mountain lions, bears. Like, there's a lot of things that would just that could pick her off. Yeah. Remember my terrible ex, Mary? Yeah. One time when I uh, let I dropped her off at her house. On the way out, there was a mountain lion. Oh, yeah. So yeah, they're still around. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, right, like, there's a lot of things that could eat her, and there are not so good people that could have mm-hmm. did her in. Um. So Alex, you like to fancy yourself a writer. Mm-hmm. You got the creativity. This feels like a like kind of like a perfectly crafted like story, yes. like that you would make of somebody. This is a romance. Um. It's tragic. What, what are your thoughts on it from like the story perspective? From the story perspective, it is it's a tragedy. Plain and simple. Like there's nothing else to it. It is a tragic story about individuals who just aren't. They're they're not meant to be and they are where they are. So to me it's it's just a good story. And I'm sad to know that she disappeared and was never found at the same time though um, we continue to find remains of people from centuries past all the time so there's hope out there that one day she's found but no guarantee that we're around when it happens. Yeah. And I've got my own theory here. So I think because all of the stories about her made sure to mention that after her soldier died and she started up the trips that she did not get to know anybody. Like she didn't make any attachments. So I really think that she left. Like she may have been saving up her money like just get out of Dodge, like get a new farm. Like I, I think that she left since there was just no trace of her, right. her wagon or her ox. Like there would be, I really feel like there would be something if she was eaten or robbed, like you would see signs of something that would give that. And then, you know, it makes you think, well, what about the ghost? So we've talked before about residual energy. If she's traveling this path, twice every day it's not a stretch to think that like her energy would imprint that area it doesn't matter if she died there or not yeah if she spent a majority of her time there it's gonna be there and then especially she met the love of her life on that road if his ghost is there even after she dies and if she's buried somewhere yeah she could be going back to find him so like i think it is no matter what ending you think she had, it's still a tragic story. Yeah. But, like, I, I do think there are ways that, like, it's not... She didn't get to live out the rest of her life. She may have, but, like, her ghost and energy could still be in that whole area because of yeah. her life. Um, Tyler, what, what do you think happened to her? I kind of... The more the more I hear you guys, listen to you guys talk about it, the more I think about it, the more I think she might have just split town. Especially because, like you said, like if she would have got, you know, mountain lions are definitely a thing, you know, or were a thing in our part of the country. Um, and I can only imagine, you know, being as subtle in 1878 that, you know, if she was attacked by, say, the mountain lion or 
you know, robbed, that there would have been some sort of physical evidence that, you know, she's left behind. But now, uh, there's a cat again. <laughs> um, that I think, yeah, I mean, there's no physical evidence to, you know, think that, you know, she didn't just leave town, you know, looking for love. Maybe, you know, the fact of her love, one love dying and <sighs> Kitty, you know, that maybe she was so heartbroken over it, she just left everything behind. Everything lines up perfectly for that. There's only one monkey wrench in the whole thing. The ox. The damn ox. The ox remains chained up. That's a problem. Now, if you separate the that from the rest of the story, yeah, I would. I agree. She definitely just left. Yeah, and heck, as we specified, it's not sure that it's her ox because she never used a chain. Right. That's the piece. The question is, where the hell is that ox from? Yeah. Something. That's, that's what I think. Oh, I think it might just be, you know, in any rural farmland, she definitely wasn't the only person with an ox. Unless she was, but I don't think that, you know. And, and like, everything is middle. Like, it's weird. Like, it's kind of cool, and it's also weird. Like, whenever you read about Betty Knox or see Betty Knox, like, it's always titled, like, Betty and her ox, or Betty Knox and her ox. Like, the ox is a part of her yeah. in the story. <clears throat> so, like, you're right, though. Like, if if she left town, she would need the ox. She would take it. She would know. have to take the ox to get out of town. So she wouldn't just abandon Leave the ox exactly. in the middle of the woods. Um, yeah, there's something weird about the ox in the woods. That's... And it's like, if somebody attacked her and stole her wagon, or if she was eaten and somebody took her wagon, like, they would why, take the ox yeah, too. why are they coming back and chaining up the ox? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like, that's why I said that's the one, it's the monkey wrench to all this. It doesn't fit anything else. You already have a mystery, and then you're adding another mystery into it. And in the 1800s, I can totally just by that just blowing the people's mind like that wasn't there yeah where did this come from and you know tight-knit community like they all know each other they all know what each other's doing like i would assume one of them would know if an ox was missing or something yeah or like exactly like it's just where did this ox come from why was it chained up and what the hell happened to betty like where uh dunbar right yeah dunbar pennsylvania Oh, she's got a road name after her. Yep. Like I said, like they love her and cherish her. So like her memory is kept well alive. And like the fact she was so respected amongst the community of farmers, even when she left, they just kept talking about Betty Knox, hmm. Betty Knox and her ox. And like the one thing like I originally thought is like what happened to the rest of her livestock. But like that kind of resolved itself on its own because if she was making these trips all day, every day, I could see her selling off the livestock or like once people realized she was missing, like I could see them taking her livestock. So like I, 
yeah. I was able to like get rid of like explain that away, but then still like Alex said, like it kept coming back to that ox. I think so. Yeah. Um. All right. So Tyler, what's your theory yep. on the ox itself? I don't think it's hers. I don't think it's the Knox Ox at all. Especially because they said that, oh, she never used a chain. Like, you know, and how old was the population of Dunbar, you know, back in 1878? It probably wasn't ginormous, but it probably wasn't, you know, three people either, you know. Well, maybe so I bet. More than the most. Yeah, right. So I think maybe that, you know, I, I don't think that it was her ox. So. Something else not, here on it. Not her ox. How do you think the ox got there? What, what's that ox's story in your head? The potential Knox ox? Hmm. <laughs> the not Knox ox. The not Knox yeah. ox. The not non What's, what's, what, um, where are you, what's the story behind that ox? Hmm. How, they, they said a few months later, right? Yeah. yeah. The, like, springtime came a few months later. Ox was chained up. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe over the winter, another farmer was. This might just sound ignorant and stupid, but maybe, maybe. Over the winter, a farmer was making a haul somewhere, and he, you know, tied up the ox with his with his chain, and you know, something happened where he died. Well, but they would have found his body then, right? A few months later, too, if he died. So hmm. they would have found something of him too. Right. Hmm. I've been struggling with this because I've been trying to think of logical reasons for this, and one thing I came to was. Originally, I was like, what are the Native American tribes in the area at this time? And, of course, by the 19, or 19, by the 1860s, I think like 90% of the Native Americans still living in the United States were west of the Mississippi. So it wasn't very high. But the chain and chaining an ox to a tree, that is a deliberate choice. That's the piece. And so I was like... Native Americans wouldn't necessarily chain an ox to a tree. So for me, the story of this not Knox ox. Where'd uh-huh. you start, Tyler? I <laughs> I cannot see it as anything other than and I hate to think of it, but not not many noxes, but maybe someone else's who had a sick or injured ox. And this is the time before we had real medical know-how and veterinarian science was far from being established. And so what do you do with a sick animal on the farm? Put it down. Put it down. If you can't, if let's say you have two oxes, two oxen, Sorry, I'm an English person. Two, two oxen carrying a load with the farmer and one ox breaks a limb and cannot walk any further. 
you can't bring it with you. It's too heavy. But you can't just leave it there to try to wander and cause more problems. So you chain it to a tree and you leave it to die on its own. To me, I, I think it's a sign that there was a sick or injured ox already and someone deliberately chose that and why nobody identified that there was a missing one is because it wasn't missing. It was a sick animal that unfortunately they put down. And that's, to me, that's the only thing that makes sense for why you would chain an ox to a tree. Yeah. You don't just chain it for, for poops and laughs. You, you do it for a purpose. Yeah. So to me, it's it's either to leave it or to make sure it doesn't go anywhere while you're gone. Right. It's one of those two options. You're not just, oh, that'd be fun. Let's chain an ox to it. No. Who does? It come back in the spring. See how he does. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's that's my thought. Is that I, I lean more towards the injured or sick ox that... that an owner is trying to, as humanely as possible. If it's winter time you're hoping it's going to freeze to death rather than starve yeah, or be eaten. So you're like, this is the best. Uh, That's definitely the most reasonable. So at, at one point I was thinking maybe like someone, it was like an ill thought of prank. Like someone had a dead ox. Cleared up, it was like, oh, baby ox, ox. But you, like you said, oxes are heavy. You're not moving an ox that sneakily. Um, but then like, I was kind of like running through my head. We have all this history of Betty Knox. We know she existed. We know she was well loved. We know her story. We have all this information. The ox. Could that be the embellishment to the ghost story? Like that, to try to give it that creepy ending of... Betty Knox was never found. But months later, they found the skeleton of her ox. Could that, like, could the ox be the part that, like, that really didn't happen and that was the embellishment? It's a weird embellishment, I know, but, like, it just, it sticks out that we have all of this history on her. She was never found, but then all of a sudden at the end, it's just tacked on. They did find this ox skeleton, though. So it's like, was it just an ox skeleton that was totally disconnected? Or, like, over time, is that just part that got added to it? And if it was part of it, how much of the skeleton was found? Yeah. Like like we said, if it wasn't, you know, decaying corpse, it would be bones, and it could have just been a skull. It could have just been... And that's... Buried. yeah. I, I do think the ox is what raised... I mean, obviously, the whole thing raises a lot of questions. What happened to Betty? But that's that the, ox is just like... That's an interesting detail that gets thrown in there at the end. And... You know, because like... Like I said, they never found her wagon. There was nothing else found. found. Her, yeah. yeah, like, it's just... This skeleton was found. So like, you know, like you said, farmer ties it up. Totally separate animal. Some, like, it's tied up there. Remains of something. Like, I know, like, it's, like, a weird coincidence. Chain could be on the tree and an animal just dies next to it. What do you think? Do we know it was an ox? No, we, we have no idea. That's the important piece there as well. The bones of a skeleton of an ox. 
I think Skeleton's a poor choice of words, too. Yeah. There's no, like, over... Stop. There's no way over, you know, the wintertime, it goes from a full body to Skeleton. Correct. Yeah, there's... It's in, it'd be interesting to know how many bones. Because yeah. if it's like a skull and like a rib cage, okay. How do you know it's an ox? Yeah. If it's a skull and a rib cage and there's a chain tied around uh, part of the rib cage or something, okay. Is it an ox? And if so, the better question is how bleached are the bones? How, like, and I only know this because uh, my non-biological aunt, my Aunt Carol, who has a farm over in New York State just over the line, she gets, she's got a lot of farm and woodland, and there are skulls that she finds of dead animals, and you can usually tell how long something's been dead based off of how bleached the bones are and how... There's like there's a lot of things that go into it, so just hearing skeleton and bones makes me go. There's more to it, and I want to know more about the particulars of that uh, ox. Now putting it in, in yeah. quotes at this point. No, that's a that's that's a very very good point, and like we could even be looking at a um, impala. Uh, um, Ibex General Wayne situation. Oh, where if they're carting bones from animals across the mountain and oh. start falling out of the wagon, all of a sudden you just got piles of bones there. Like you come across in the springtime, and you're like, that wasn't there. Well, that's because it wasn't there before. Someone was just carting a pile of bones over the the, the mountain there, and the chain could have held any number of things. It could have been a marker. Could anything? Yeah, hey, depends hey. on who. Who owned the property? Yeah, but yeah, I, I I love this story. It's so cool, and just the the actual like living story of it is such yeah. a tragedy, and just a like a good story. Like it does feel like you're reading a romance novel, and then you get the ghost part on the end, and that's just puts it over the top. Like you've got the ghost of the soldier trying to find her. You've got her spirit walking her path. Possibly trying to find the soldier. Just you got the ox. Yeah, the ox in the wagon. Like you've goes to the ox walking right with her. It's exactly because you hear the the clop and the and the old creaky wagon. Just like Gudgeon at the Gudgeonville Bridge, you've got him clopping over it. You've got the ox knocks. The knocks ox. The knocks ox trudging along this path. So I just I think it's really cool. Um, Alex, what are, what are any of your final thoughts here? On Betty Knox and the Knox Ox and the Not Ox Ox Knox. Don't even know what I said there. It's a tragedy through and through. But at the end of the day, if we ever were to visit this area, I feel like very much Gudgeonville Bridge or um, Dutch and uh, Wintergreen Gorge Cemetery, Tim and Dutch, I imagine it's more of a peaceful. I don't imagine it's a lot of sorrow. I'd agree here, um, just personally. That's, that's a good point. Like, if we were to visit there, I think it would be peaceful if we walked her path and stuff. Like, we might catch an orb like we did at both places, but you're I not going to sense anything. Yeah, I don't feel like it's going to be a you-need-to-leave-here-now kind of feeling. Um, so, Tyler, uh, any final thoughts there and what you think 
or even what you would hope to experience if we uh, did trudge out there. Time to mic me over there for a second. Okay. Um, I think it's a great story. I uh, I really I, I enjoy the story a lot. I think it's one of those classic old you know classic old ghost stories. Um, but probably the same thing. Almost more of a peaceful kind of maybe a somber type of energy. If we were to go visit, um, but apparently. So I did Google Betty Knox and her non-Knox Ox. And uh, apparently, don't, we don't have to worry about, you know, going to see Betty, you know, hear anything about Betty Knox over there. Because an enterprising local claimed to have captured the ghost of Betty Knox in a mason jar and sold it on eBay for $2.51. So do with that information what you will. Should have swayed, you know, travel plans. Wait, 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 wait. Back up. How much did that sell for? According to the website, I found two dollars and fifty-one cents. Because two fifty is just low. It's too low. So we will sell pieces of toast that have the images of Jesus in them for thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars. But Betty Knox ghost in a mason jar can't get three dollars. If somebody did catch her ghost and then sell it on eBay, that is very disrespectful. Right? I hope whoever she ended up with also had the ghost of her ox in a jar. At the very least. Yeah. Someone should start selling like chicken wing bones and claiming it's like the bones of the non-Knox ox. Ooh. Uh, utterly ridiculous. But yeah, as Alex is finding out, they do like to sell ghosts and jars and demons in boxes what on eBay. What the hell? For a lot more than $2.51. Plus, is disrespectful. Someone got a steal when they got hers. I'm going I'm to try to go down to Dunbar, Pennsylvania one day, and I'm going to try to do a seance, and I'm going to see if someone actually did capture her, or if she's, you know, backed out there. Yeah. But... I think that does it for this one. Uh, you know, like I said, I echo both their sentiments. Great story. Awesome history. Tragic. And the ghost part's even better. Um, I love it. I think this is going to become one of my favorite ones. We're going to try to deal with the whole ghost in the jar on eBay thing. But for now, this, this has been the Paranormal Cowboy. Thank you for watching. Like and subscribe. And stay in the light.